This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. And I'm joined today on this uh, podcast with the girlfriend of the show, Justina Sparling. Hello. <laughs> um, we're very glad to have her, as always. And... Uh, we're glad that you're listening. We're glad to have you back listening to us. So this is a comedy shop talk episode. We're just going to chat about some comedy, going to shop talk it, uh, and uh, just have a little fun. A lot going on. Uh, of course, the big news. So this is be will be the leading topic today. Uh, will be about the White House Correspondents' Dinner monologue that Michelle Wolf did. Uh, Michelle Wolf is a stand-up comic. Um, we almost got to see her. Remember when we were going to go to Comedy Cellar and I was like, oh, I really want to go to this show because this lady's on it? That was Michelle Wolf. Oh, okay, yeah. We didn't get to go to that, unfortunately. But, um, we went to a different one that was awesome. But, uh, I was really hoping to catch her set. because uh, I'm a big fan because I first found out about her on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Yeah. And she was super funny on there. And then she... she wrote for Chris Rock when he hosted the Oscars um, the year before last or two years ago, whenever. And uh, uh, I think she's really great. A lot of people, though, are feigning outrage (laughs) (laughs) over her set. Um, There's, you know, like, and there's some just like regular people who are like, I just don't like vulgarity. Um, And that's fine. And I respect that. Uh, what I'm talking about when I say feigning outrage or like, you know, Laura Ingram acting like it was so offensive and Dennis Miller saying Michelle Wolf is a horrid. Wh-. He said something like way worse <laughs> than what she said that uh, they're using as what makes Michelle Wolf so bad. Yeah. Like they weren't they weren't like going point by point. Uh, they're they're all just pointing to the same thing that they that she made fun of how Sarah Huckabee Sanders looks. Which, if you hear the joke... That's, that's not what she's saying. At all. Yeah. Well, um, people are able to manipulate information, especially when people don't go to the source themselves. Yeah, that's true. And that's all... But this is the game they're playing. This is what they're doing. Like, they are just playing a game of holding water for the president and firing up their base so they can get viewers and listeners. Yeah. Like, Dennis Miller has a conservative talk show. Laura Ingram has a conservative. She's on, she got a show on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's why they're saying this stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, I've heard from someone who works in radio, and and he, he I won't say his name, but he's a host of his own show, and he was telling me about like the president of the conservative talk some conservative talk radio group and that guy and this was during the Obama years and that guy said like if you're doing a show like this you can't like anything the president does 
you can't even like his tie. And that was a direct quote. Right. So these guys are playing a game. This isn't like, you know, they're actually upset and thought it was offensive. Yeah. For people who don't know what the joke was, um, and I, I, I printed out her set and I, I wrote down a bunch of jokes um, that I, or I highlighted rather, a bunch of jokes that I liked. But um, here are the jokes that she made about Sarah Huckabee. It's all highlighted, by the way. And it's mostly <laughs> highlighted, yeah. Uh, so she said, We are graced with Sarah's presence tonight. I have to say I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia in The Handmaid's Tale. Which I think was a pretty solid joke. Especially when you Google Aunt Lydia and see what she looks like. That You know, it's like a resemblance no, there, right? No, I don't like that. Because then we are talking about looks. And I don't think it is about looks. I think it's about the character. I don't. I don't watch the show. Yeah, but you had just said that it wasn't making fun of her looks, and then you say she resembles the character. So I think that's what yeah. a lot of people fall prey to. And like maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. But I think the joke is not about her looks. I think it's about the character Aunt Lydia. I don't know who Aunt Lydia is. Right. I, I mean, I did think that they resembled each other. Yeah, um, I just feel like. If we say that, then we're saying it is making fun of looks. I think making fun of looks is we're like, you look bad. Like, that's making fun of looks. Well, Aunt Lydia is not attractive. You know. Well, now we're saying. (laughs) Let's get away from Aunt Lydia and get back to Sarah Huckabee. Um, So, yeah, the joke was um, I'm a big fan of of Sarah Uh, Or I actually really like Sarah. I think she's resourceful. She burns facts. And then she uses that ash to create a perfect smoky eye. Yeah, I love that. That was so funny. I thought it was a great joke. And the thing about it is it's not about like people because it's referencing smoky eye that they jumped in on that. And I I bet the reason they're not saying anything about Aunt Lydia maybe is because they know that they're saying this character. What is the character, Aunt Lydia? What is is the comparison? um one of the head um, females in charge of training the handmaids and um, um, she just basically believes the regime. You know, this regime that is the handmaid's tale. She's like totally bought and paid for, believes in it. Oh. And and so that's the Aunt Lydia comparison. That's why I don't think it has anything to do with looks. Okay. Um, And that's that is a, that tracks more for the joke. Exactly. And then you know that people are just hanging on to the looks thing and that's the first thing they mention you know and people who don't know the handmaid's tale they just google it and they you know it's just about resemblance but no one's made that reference i made that reference no i've not heard anyone else point that everyone is pointing out the smoky eye thing and i think that's why they're saying it's about looks um because she's people keep referencing her smoky eye but like she's doing that they're not saying it looks bad. They're not saying she looks stupid. They're just pointing out that she has... It's like saying she has brown hair. That's not making fun of no, brown hair it's to not, point yeah. it out that she's doing that. I know. It's fine. And I wanted to point out a reductress um, headline that mm-hmm. came out as a result of this. And it's very funny. Again, reductress is a satirical news source like The Onion, but it's mostly feminist topics. Um, and it says, the headline is, Four Perfect Smoky Eyes That No One Should Ever Comment On. <laughs> and then it has pictures of women in smoky eyes, including um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And then, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. So, are we not allowed to talk about smoky eyes now? You know, about I know, makeup? Right? Yeah. So, I, I don't... Uh... 
Like, it's the fact that she wears her makeup like that. But also the way that Sarah Huckabee was taking the jokes, like, she was not about to play along, so it did look hurtful. You know, even though I thought it was yeah, funny I and I like, thought it was true. Like, if if the roast E is not, like, playing along, it does look hurtful. It does appear yeah, hurtful. Or at the like, very least, maybe not hurtful, but at least very, very uncomfortable. Which, mm-hmm. for her speech, like, I enjoyed it thoroughly, but it de- definitely had an un- uncomfortable energy to it. Watching oh, yeah. It. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of when Colbert was on and, and people are like, oh, he's not, like, playing a lot. He's not, like, acting like he likes everything. <laughs> like, yeah. like he does on the show. He's really going in on us. Um, and uh, I think even in that situation, it was really surprising to them because... At least with Michelle Wolf, I don't think they were like, you know, at all um, unaware that she would make jokes about them. I think the press did it because they thought they'll zing Trump the whole time. Mm-hmm. But when Colbert was on, he was—I I think they didn't really know what he did. Yeah. Um, and and because he was playing a conservative, I think it confused them a lot more. But anyway, in both cases, the audience was very, like, uneasy. Right. Which, like, oh, gosh, more power to them for just... Powering through. Yeah, yeah. and just staying the course. Right. And just delivering. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, what I think is interesting about everyone being like, oh, smoky eye, how dare you? Um, no one's pointing out the fact that she called Sarah Huckabee a liar. Right. So it's like, so that part you're okay with? Okay, so she's a liar. They don't have a problem with that. Um, So a lot of these, there there were a number of jokes that uh, involved the P word. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I think that was where some of the, you know, like I have a friend who was saying, you know, it was, to her, she thought some stuff was funny, but she also was like, does it have to all be vulgar? And when it comes to, like, that stuff, it's like, well, Trump said it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually what she said in the set at one point is, like, he said it first. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, so and that is one of the things of, like, how, I don't know. Uh, the thing that, the take that I've seen online was uh, um, people saying that she <laughs> was, was saying that she, this comedian is being held to a higher standard than the president. And that is why, because she's just saying the same crass thing that he said. And, um, you know, it's his locker room talk, so it should be okay. I think the worst take I saw was somebody saying that, uh, like, oh, these, this is what the liberals sent to represent them. It was like, we didn't send her. Yeah. <laughs> liberals didn't elect her. But conservatives did elect the guy who said that stuff originally. Yeah, <laughs> so you can't really, you don't really have a leg to stand on, but... This is more about comedy than, like, the people's dumb political takes. Um, Comedically speaking, I think it was a really strong set. Yeah, I I think she had a lot of really great jokes. She Um, made fun of, you know, the obvious things. Yeah. She made fun of both sides. You know, people ignored that. I do think that she made more fun of conservatives, and I think that's fine, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because conservatives conservatives have a lot of power right now. Yeah. Um, And... But she I, did hit and she Hillary made fun of herself, and, yeah. you know, which I, I don't like totally self-deprecating humor. But I thought it was funny. Like she was like, everything is fair game, basically, including me. Oh yeah, I mean, um, she had that joke about like uh, frizzy-haired joke lady or whatever yeah. she referred to herself as. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's uh, she was definitely hitting, and she she hit the Democrats hard. I mean, she said uh, 
<laughs> she was saying Democrats are harder. This is one of the jokes that I highlighted. Democrats are harder to make fun of because you guys do don't do anything. Right. People <laughs> think you might flip the House and Senate this November, but you guys always find a way to mess it up. You're somehow going to lose by 12 points to a guy named Jeff Pedophile Nazi Doctor. Mm-hmm. That's a solid joke. Yeah. Um, and she and and she made fun of Rachel Maddow, and she yeah. made fun of MSNBC, and she made fun of of CNN. I mean, she 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 said CNN broke the news. I know. For crying that out was loud, so funny. you I know like that joke a lot. <laughs> Do you have a particular favorite of all her jokes that she made? Um, no, I should have highlighted it like you did. Um, all of the Sarah Huckabee stuff, I was like, oof. I mean, it's yeah. not that I liked it that much. I was just like, mm-hmm. here we go. I liked the broke the news one about mm-hmm. CNN. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I liked her opening too. Of just like, like a, was it like a porn star says to Trump before sex? Let's get this over with. Um, I thought that was funny. But oh um, yes, oh I liked her very last joke. Like a child brought into the, this country oh, who yeah. has done nothing wrong. <laughs> to, but you know, brought I mean, in by immigrant parents who has done nothing wrong. I gotta get the f out of here. You know, yeah, I, was like, yeah. I thought yeah. that was really funny. Oh, and then she's like, "And Flint, it's not a joke, but Flint yeah. still doesn't have clean water." Mm-hmm. I did have a mm-hmm. least favorite joke. Um, uh, what's your least favorite? I didn't like her Southwest joke. To me, it was too soon, and it oh, is too tragic. Yeah, because like uh, a couple people died, right? Uh one person died. One yeah. person died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Jokes that I loved, I I I do think that joke's harsh and and too soon. But um, that that joke was Trump is so broke. She was doing a run on Trump is broke. Yeah. And that was the, that Southwest one came in there. They use him as an engine because he's he's so broke. They use him as an engine. Um, and then also one, but one I really loved was Trump is so broke he looked for foreign oil in Don Jr.'s hair. Oh, I loved that one. Like oh, that's and she funny. tried to se- he tried to sell um, Eric. <laughs> he, he's so broke he tried to sell Eric or something like that. She may have said that later, maybe not part of the room. Oh, okay, but it was okay. so funny. I'm sure, I just don't I don't I don't have that here. Yeah. That's funny though. Um, and I like the one about Roy Moore. Um, about her age like yeah like yeah. a lot of you might not know who i am i'm 32 years old which is an odd age 10 years too young to host this event and 20 years too old for roy moore yeah. that's a solid joke and it's an again it's one of those things that's like are you gonna get mad at her yeah. for pointing out what happened <laughs> you know like that's essentially what she's doing and I guess Don Jr.'s hair is another thing. We're like, oh, you're making fun of his appearance. But he puts that oil in his hair. Like, he, it's you're just commenting yeah, on it's what is hard there. Because, like, if you're not going to make fun of women's appearance, how can you make fun of men's appearance? Like, I think it should be equal, you know? And but I think the I do smoky think people- eye and the, you know, pomade or whatever he's using to slick back his hair is, like, equal. I, I don't agree because I think the smoky, I think we established that it's not about appearance, whereas the oil is very much about his greasy looking hair, you know. Um, and well, Okay, yeah, I guess smoky eye is more about... It was like, about her say, burning up the lies, you know. To make a smoky eye. Right. But like, it is it is a thing she does. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, I guess the oil is a little yeah. harsher. I know, I'm talking it out too much. I just don't like it when people are like... You can't make fun of women's appearances, but you can make fun of men's appearances. I'm like, well, if we're going to be equal, let's be equal. You know? Yeah. So. That's fair. 
I mean, when we're off air, you make fun of my appearance. Yeah, because you make fun of mine constantly. <laughs> but the way I make fun of it is I say, you look so beautiful. And then I make anyone around say, how beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just a zinger. You making fun of me. <laughs> but I start with, you look so beautiful. No, but it's a joke. So you don't really believe it. Um, favorite joke, though, uh, was probably people want me to make fun of Sean Hannity tonight, but I cannot do that. This dinner is for journalists. Uh, I I thought she did a great job. She obviously doesn't need uh, someone else with a podcast backing her up when she's got all the other people who are backing her up. But And she doesn't feel like she needs any backup at all because she's uh, uh, confident and s- successful comedian but uh yeah you know definitely definitely have her side anyway let's get on to the next topic which is the homework that Lindsay cat gave me a couple of weeks ago now what she said i should do is to find something that i've never like that i'm not associated with and uh go do it and just see what it's like um and uh, she didn't necessarily say any specific, like, go do this kind of thing, because you're in comedy. She just said something you're not already associated with. And uh, so I, at first I thought, let me go to a jazz show. But I was like, but I've been to jazz shows. So I decided not to do that. And um, I wanted to go to this bar that they, they tweeted me a couple times. They're called the Ace Bar. And they're in the East Village, very close to UCB East. And they uh, were telling me to just come to the bar because I was talking about beer one day on Twitter, (laughs) as you do. And um, so I just decided to go. And then I thought, well, why don't I just make that part of this homework? Um, And I could just go. I've not been to East Village. Uh, I could just go there and just sort of uh, see what happens. I'll go to this bar see what the vibe is like, see if something's going on. So I go to the bar, and it's a cool bar. They got a nice vibe, but there wasn't much going on there. Um, uh, I went there during happy hour. Uh, They have... uh, I had two IPAs, and uh, they weren't weren't under happy hour deals. So that kind of sucked. But otherwise, I thought it was a cool bar and, uh, and had a chill vibe. And then I decided just to, like, walk around that area uh, just to sort of because I'm not associated with East Village, I thought. So I was like, let me just see what happens when I walk around this place. So uh, I saw this place called Odd Eye, uh, this little store that sells, uh, like, vases. And they had a bunch of ashtrays, which I was like, who still smokes? It's 2018. But uh, they had a bunch of ashtrays there. So if you need an ashtray, go to Odd Eye. Um, and it was just sort of like a store setting. So I was like, well, let me just see what else is around. Because I, I went on there on a whim because I just it was an interesting looking place. And I just thought, uh, you know, well, I don't know what that is. So I'll just hop in there. And um, then I just kept rambling around. And uh, I saw this bookstore called Mast Books. And I went in there. And they, were sell- they sell a bunch of old books, not like new books that you can get. Um, they were, they had like a Malcolm X book for sale, you know, like it was, and it was just one of them. It wasn't like, it's not like when you go to Barnes and Noble and there's just stacks of the same book. Uh, so it was, it was an interesting place, a very intellectual place. I thought, uh, was interesting. And, um, 
it's still though, you know, like let me just keep walking around and, and I had to keep reminding myself to be present and not like pull out my phone and write notes. But I just was feeling the vibe of the area and wanted to keep writing down. I didn't want to forget anything, so I'd keep writing stuff down. Then I went to this place called Alphabets. It was right next door to Mast. And um, it's like a, like New York's quirky... This is why I called it, and I didn't mean to be insulting, but I was like, this is New York's quirky version of Spencer's Gifts. Where it's like it's not like dumb, but it's like actually a neat place. that has yeah. all this fun stuff in it. And they had like this whole Bob Ross section. And so I got a Bob Ross mug yes. that when you put hot things... So like on the mug, it's just like black and then you see bob ross uh, in front of that and then like a the quote of like we don't make mistakes we make happy accidents and uh when you put something hot in it then the black turns into a painting and it's really cool and i love it and as soon as i saw it i knew i needed to get it and it wasn't expensive so i just got it uh and uh that place was cool they had a lot of like neat stuff and uh and cool things so uh I would probably go back. And um, so, you know, and I also hopped in UCB East because I've never been there and I just wanted to like check it out. And uh, um, they have like, I don't know, it's it's like, like, you know how um, the pit has a like, like that's a really cool bar mm-hmm. area. There's a cool bar here at UCB East as well, but it was kind of like, I don't know what to call it. It's like, like, <laughs> like a college bar or, or like i don't know it just wasn't as fancy and but it was cool in its own way yeah it was like i'd like to go there just to have a drink in yeah. a, you know in that sort of way i want to see a show there um but i didn't have time that night which would have been a it would have been a cheat to do that night anyway since i was trying to do something i wasn't associated with um but i did see a little card for cage match which uh previous guest chrissy was uh a couple weeks ago yeah. um uh that she runs that uh and then i went to a doggy daycare called rough club <laughs> and uh, they were no dogs so uh, that was uh upsetting but i was just kind of like bouncing around and um there was a building that i passed and uh it looked like a psychic uh st- like place and it wasn't though it just for whatever reason looked like that from the corner of my eye and i thought you know that's something i'm not associated with a psychic i'm not not at all uh, associated with that so that's what i should do for homework (laughs) i thought you were gonna say that's what i did (laughs) no i haven't done it yet because uh, i wanted to find a good place and an affordable one because there's some people here doing it and it's like 200 and some dollars oh, they must be the good ones <laughs> um so can i ask you a question yeah questions about your homework mm-hmm. so like what about it was different for you you know like you live in new york you mm-hmm. go to bars in new york so what about this was different you know and you go to stores in new york so that's my first question my second question is like what did you get from it if anything did you mm-hmm. you know um did the new environment inspire you to do anything or or what and um those are my only two questions for right now (laughs) so the first question is was what did i like like how is it so different 
from what you do? Um, I mean, it's just I wasn't associated with the area that I was going to mm-hmm. go to. Because it's all it really is is like it's not that it's do something different than what you normally do. It's really like what's something that you're not associated with. Mm-hmm. And I'm not associated with these village because I'd never been there and I, and I wanted to go. So I thought, why don't I just go and just like explore, knock around mm-hmm. and see what's going on. Um, and just also not have a plan. Uh, usually when I'm going somewhere, I have a complete, I have a plan. That is very different for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm going to go to yeah. this place at this time. So I got to take this train and uh, let me look up when that train's supposed to get there. You know, and all that stuff. Didn't do any of that. Was just like, not going to just, just going to walk by if something strikes my fancy just catches my attention i'm just gonna go for it and just like look in there and um so that was why i feel like it uh and the moment felt like it was uh gonna be good for doing the homework as i was doing it i was like this just doesn't feel enough like an, an activity um and then it was just in that like walking around though that um the idea of going to a psychic came to mind. Yeah, that'd be good. So this was like pre-homework for you. Yeah, yeah, and so it was. It it was good. I, I liked that I got to see that area and got to go to Ace Bar and yeah. found that mug. Uh, but also, I feel like I don't know that the psychic thing would have come to mind. Right. Um, well, that's good. When when I saw when I listened to her talk about that. I was thinking about, like, what could I do, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, I could do a gardening class. Oh, I really cool. don't like gardening at all. <laughs> but talk about something I'm not associated with, you well, know? The, but she did say, now she did add the caveat that, like, if you're in your room and you're just in your thoughts, uh, what is something that you haven't done that you would love to do? Like, yeah. what's something you'd be excited about? Then that would be rollerblading in the park and maybe joining a rollerblading group and rollerblading around the park with them. Mm-hmm. Or um, maybe joining a book club mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm 55 and I think it's about time that I joined a book club. Well, we are way past your bedtime. Yes. Uh, right now recording this. Uh, we we normally go to bed at like... Seven thirty, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, and you do eat dinner at four thirty. Yes, yes, as one does. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, so it to me, it's kind of more of like doing something, not just being somewhere. But I can see how being somewhere would also be part of that kind of homework. Well, yeah, I mean that's where it's like, like if it's some sort of exhibition show or something like. Not necessarily doing an activity, but you are like yeah. somewhere where something is affecting you. Yeah. Um, and that was the thing. I was like, what kind of thing could I go to that well, I'm not associated with here? And I was like, and that's why I like jazz, a jazz show, but I've been to a jazz show. I've been to a couple jazz shows here. So like, that's a cheat. And then I was also like, I, I can't remember what it was. There was something that came to mind, and I was like, I would hate that, and I don't want to do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, she also said something yeah. that's exciting, that would be exciting to me. And so I just wasn't sure. And I, I like, looked up stuff on, like, uh, Brooklyn and, and the Skint, Skint yeah. and um, so many of the shows were comedy shows. I and I wanted to go to them, yeah. but I was like, because I only had that that Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, available and so I was like I, I'd love to see a lot of these shows but that's not what tonight is about <laughs> right. so how were you affected you said it's about how something affects you so how were you affected by what you did I think 
in the sense that I was uh, kind of just it was nice to experience going going things based on whimsy yeah because um, I I don't do that a lot yeah and uh, so it was a nice mini little experience of like I don't know what that is I'm gonna go in there yeah you know just because I look usually when I look at a at a store and I'm like what the heck is that I'm like I don't know and I don't care and right. I walk away and this time I was like what is that I don't know let's go in yeah and that was a that was kind of a new experience for me and i and i i didn't like that yeah um and i that's one of the things it's like i want to do this a couple of times um a couple few times because i think that would be just good for no, me no i think it should be a habit yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know not just a couple few times mm-hmm. i think you should do it as much as possible because how else can you grow as a person if you're always doing the same things over and over again that's true that is true um, so that's that topic. I'm gonna. I think I've narrowed down a psychic. Then we got to do Good. a ten minute reading. Okay. Uh, it's inexpensive, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see uh, next time how that how that was. Okay. Here's the thing that I'm working on. Here's another topic. I'm gonna put together a bracket. I know it's not March Madness, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I got the idea. It's May Madness. I know. It'll be May Madness. I'll call it that. Um, I, I, wanna, I was just like thinking about comedy duos. And I was like, yeah, this is a great comedy duo. That's got to be like a top four. And then I had also seen a, a couple months ago, someone did, and maybe you saw this too, someone did a, a Disney movies bracket. Oh, no. I didn't see that. <clears throat> they did that, but it got a little controversial. <laughs> Because they, in the first round, was were putting up two classic Disney movies up against each other. And it's like, that's not... Like, what is the seating on this thing? What's yeah. wrong with yeah. you? And so I was like, well, let me put together a bracket. Um, and uh, let me just come up with all the names of duos that mm-hmm. I could come up with. Or like, uh, like, whether it's Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello, or two people who work together a lot and create something yeah. together, because that's still a comedy duo, like, you know, Dave Chappelle and, and Neil Brennan, or Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David having created Seinfeld. Anyway, um, so I was coming up with a bunch of names, and I got up to, so, to like 20 some or 30 some, and I was like, well, I need to keep going. <laughs> Um, and so I asked people to like share some and uh, I'm gonna I I got like a ton like maybe I think 109 or something like that so I'm whittling it down to 64 to 64 and I may do two brackets where it's like one is like the NCAA tournament (laughs) and the other is like the NIT yeah (laughs) Um, just to like you know get them all out there but uh I feel like it has to have a purpose besides the fact that you enjoy it, like a crossword puzzle, you know? So oh, I, it, I'm going to... There it is. It's going to put this out. Oh, snap. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I mean, it's it's not going to go viral, I bet, because it's not March. But um, I would love for it to just be out there and a bunch of people see it and, like, do their, like... They like fill out their out. own brackets. Is the winning bracket the one that is mostly done? Nah, you know? it's more just like, what's your opinion? Okay. <laughs> than it is like, uh, um, 
like someone can win because yeah. I just think there are going to be a lot of people. I think Abbott and Costello is going to be. Oh. That's my prediction. Is like they're the ones to watch. Oh, interesting. Because <laughs> so many people, when I just put out feelers of like name comedy duos, yeah. people said them yeah, a lot. That's influential. Um, and like that's that's amazing because those guys are super old school, right? And they and their bit, who's on first, mm-hmm. have stood decades of the test of time, nearly a century. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, th- so that's amazing. Um. So I think they deserve to at least be in the final four. But um, I'm interested to see how it is. I'm putting so much time and effort into the thought processing of it because I'm a nerd. But also, I just want it to be, like, fair, you know? Like, I I don't want to do that thing where I can't remember exactly how that guy who did the Disney one messed it up. But it was like he did, like, Lion King versus Beauty and the Beast in the first round. It's like, what are you even thinking? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how it should work. Uh, so I'm actually going to try to be fair and, and like, uh, dole it out and, and have different divisions and, and different seeds. So um, we'll see. We'll see. So stay tuned for that. Uh, last topic. Um, new things. We got new things that we're we've uh been involved with since the last time we were on this podcast together um we did level five the con- uh in magnet mm-hmm. was the, the first class of the conservatory super exciting hope to get into the next round um we still have three more shows left as a class two more right because we d- we've done two mm-hmm. uh and oh yeah this is two days ago we had our, our second one and um so we have two more shows. Our class is over, but uh, very excited about um, those last two shows. So that's that's semi-new. We've been in classes, but here's the new new thing is that we do have a show with some friends uh, in a couple of days on, on uh, Thursday. Because mm-hmm. it's Tuesday as we're recording this to keep it fresh for you listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're doing a show with friends. And uh, to me, the exciting part of that is that the uh, it, it's... I mean, we've been doing shows, but they're class shows, you know? And a jam. Jams are fun. I enjoy doing them. But it's different when you're doing a show with, with friends. Uh, it's it's like a... feels like more like a like show show, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I'm very excited about that. And it's going to be at the Pit Loft. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. It's like, yeah, it's a good venue. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of the... I mean, we've we've been to a couple shows here, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward. It feels like a bona fide show. What about or what are you? What are you feeling is uh, fresh and new? What are you feeling about that? Mm, about that show? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's good. I feel like it's a real show. You know, we've only had a couple real shows that aren't class shows since we got mm-hmm. in here, and so it's nice to have another one of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you said it was a group of friends, but I think it's okay to tell them it's a team. You know, mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. team we formed. You yeah. Know, it's not just random friends that we got together to do improv with. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. It's and that is exciting. It's an indie team. And it's the debut show. Yes. We've been practicing for a while. Um, and we have a coach. And we practice weekly. It's the real deal. Yeah. Um, and so it's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, but not much else is going on with me comedy-wise right now. But I'm mm-hmm. trying to keep it that way because sometimes I feel like I can't do too much comedy no, for me. E- so I'm trying to not. Well, when we were doing the circuit and classes, mm-hmm. it got hectic there for a minute. And it's like, in a way, a good kind of hectic, but at the same time, a very tiring kind of hectic. Yeah, I'm not into it. I can do it for a while. It's like running a sprint. I just can't 
maintain it. For me, it's like running a sprint. But, I mean, a lot of people we know up here do comedy six nights a week. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe more. Yeah. And that is my nightmare. It's when I'm going to do anything six nights a week. I think, um, and well, there are different attitudes on it, too. Like, people have to find the altitude that they are comfortable with. And, um, you know, if people are like, feel that drive to be the next big thing or something like that, then, you know, they're going to want to do like a bunch, hit a bunch of mics in a night or something and, and do it every night of the week or something like that. But, you know, like Mike Kaplan on here was like four shows at least, you know, and then like Joy L. Nicole was like, some people are all about hitting a bunch of mics uh, in one night. I'm not, you know, like it. I, I, there are people who are who are doing it, and uh, they're doing it their way in the way that's like comfortable for them, mm-hmm. and that that I think is important. Um, and I think another thing is you're you know you're pointing out that it's an indie team that we're on. That's another important thing because like a couple people who've been on here like start an indie team. Like yeah. that's going to be a big deal. Um, that they're almost stressing that over trying to get on a house team over over that because um i think the great thing is when you meet people that you spark with and have chemistry with and then you start creating stuff together that that's going to be the really fulfilling thing and so that's something new that we're embarking on and i think that's really great and exciting and uh you know we won't ever get to doing six shows a week i guess but uh we won't. <laughs> I now that would be uh, that'd be a lot. I need a night in at least one. Well, six shows a night is one night in. Oh well, maybe I am okay with it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it can be. It's I don't know. I don't know the right balance because even when we were back home, we were doing stuff a ton, and uh, for me, it was like just about every night there was something going on, and. Um, I wanted to do all of those things, but at the same time, it's like, I need life to slow down so I can just, like, you know, figure stuff out. But, I don't know, things move fast, especially here. To me, this is going to sound so stupid, but comedy is, it's like a way to view life. (laughs) So, if you're not living life, then what are you even doing doing comedy, you know? Mm -hmm. What are you viewing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. We've heard a couple of people say, like, when you are only doing improv, then your improv gets to be about improv. Yep. And you need to live a life. And I've heard that about stand-up also. Yeah. And I've witnessed and I've, that. I've, and I've witnessed it in sketch comedy. <laughs> sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. Written. And I mean, like, I, I get it with meta stuff. Like, I get that. But... Yeah. You know. And I think I think in with art in general, if you're not having a varied experience in your life and learning new things and broadening your horizons, then it can get really hard to create stuff um you know so it's uh gotta do other things you gotta like read things that are have nothing to do with with you like conan o'brien we both love conan and someone was asking him about the comedy he watches and he'll watch stuff because he is a talk show host and gets screeners and has to for work but um he did say in an interview that when he goes home the last thing he does is watch comedy because uh, he's writing it all day and with it all day and so he watches like documentaries or dramas or whatever you know like something that's different and uh i want that varied experience myself you know like i guess just comes with time management i don't know like it's i mean i guess i just don't go to comedy shows Mm -hmm. 
that's my I want to go to comedy shows a lot but I can't it's just not physically possible it's not emotionally possible and there's just like too much going on to even do that because there's always some night where someone's like why don't we do this you're like okay um so I won't do these other things that all these other million options that are here uh so yeah it's um I guess it's like some people move here and then they become hermits because there's too much right and I've heard that I don't want to be a hermit me neither yeah it's exciting it's fun and uh maybe somebody listening uh has an idea on how to balance that stuff and uh I ask that you share it with us at there it is pod on both twitter and facebook very simple and easy you can also find me on instagram at jason farm picks tell your friends well folks that's today's episode and we're gonna have another one coming up next week gonna be a fun one i hope you enjoy it and from me and justina until next time be Be good good to to each each other. other The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.